Hey everybody, welcome to another Baseball America Prospect Podcast. I'm Kyle Glazer alongside J.J. Cooper. Hello everybody. Here to talk about the uh, system of the defending world champion Houston Astros today. I know Houstonians love that phrase. Uh, before we get started, I want to thank you for tuning in to today's Baseball America Podcast. Our podcast is sponsored by Baseballism. Baseballism is the official off-the-field brand of baseball, offering apparel for men, women, and kids. If you're a baseball fan, you need to check out Baseballism.com. Visit Baseballism.com and enter the code BA ship that's ba ship to save 20 percent off jj the astros won the world series with a homegrown core that is among the best in baseball enviable. if not the best in baseball enviable they were able to complete some trades for some veterans to help them down the stretch pros- using prospects they well acquired brian mccann before the season for two prospects and absolutely worth it they acquired justin verlander at the deadline for three prospects absolutely worth it and we've seen some other teams have to trade prospects at the deadline to help get them over the hump. And while it's worth it, you know, their system's a little shallow at the end of it. And while the Astros are obviously not as deep as they might have been, there's still some pretty impressive prospect depth at the top. And you have Forrest and, Whitley and Kyle Tucker. And to, anytime you have two of the top 20 prospects in the game to go with that homegrown core, you're in really, really good shape. And they made a trade in the offseason to acquire Garrett Cole, which makes their rotation better. And they did it by basically, I know no other way to say it, but trading away, they, they traded away spare pieces for them. Joe Musgrove would have fit into the Astros' bullpen. But Joe, Garrett Cole for Joe Musgrove, no problem. Colin Moran did not fit in their plan. Jason Martin did not really fit in their plan. This is what a team can do when you have a surplus of talent. I completely agree with you. You're looking at a team that... After all this is said and done, and now begins the season with a rotation that is absurdly deep, where you're saying guys who pitched vital innings for them in the World Series are number five starters now, if that. So you have that, and then you say, oh, by the way, they have the best pitching prospect in baseball not named Shoei Otani. That's a pretty good place to start. They have one of the better hitting prospects in the game in Kyle Tucker. And they have some depth beyond that. This is this is a good situation to be in. Now, eventually, there is going to be a reckoning for the Astros like there is for every team because at some point, Carlos Correa is going to hit the point where you say, oh, okay, how much do you have to pay Carlos Correa in his prime? Who, by the way, will hit free agency at a a Bryce Harper level age, where you say, "Wow, you know, he's you're you're not talking about well, the contract for him will be to buy out his age 30, 31, 32 years. It's going to be right as he's in what is traditionally considered the prime time." Jose Altuve, who is assigned right now to a deal that is the as bargain as all bargains go, is going to hit a point where you're going to have to pay Jose Altuve what Jose Altuve is worth to keep him. They have those things coming up. George Springer got a deal two years, $24 yes. million. I, I, I will say, though, it's not like this reckoning is coming this year. This is oh, still no. a team that has— I don't think it's coming in 2019. It's a two, Not until really—I think when Springer's arb year comes up after this two-year deal, that's when you can start to say, okay— Maybe, but if you still have two more full seasons after you've won your World Series to be That's dominant, a big window. it's a huge window, and again, a testament to the Astros for uh, for the moves they've made throughout this uh, this buildup. Prospect wise, Forrest Whitley was a guy that 
you know every team asked about, and the Astros, you know, said no to. We've talked about him on the BA Top 100 podcast. We've talked about him before. But this is a guy who was not the first high school pitcher taken in 2016 draft, was not the second high school pitcher taken in the 2016 draft. I don't think he was the third one either. Mm-hmm. So this is a guy who, again, we talk about high school pitchers go 85 different ways, and odds are the guy, the first or second ones picked are rarely actually the best ones when all is said and done. Forrest Whitley has already vaulted, you mentioned best pitching prospect in baseball, but outside of Shohei Otani. But what for you, just in having done the Astro system, watching his development you know, this year and, and really even after he signed last year, has created this rise for him. What's been the biggest jumping point for him to go from, you know, first rounder but not top of the class to best pitching prospect in baseball, not named Shohei Otani? So, well, a couple things happened. One is, and not the teams didn't see this, but the Forrest Whitley, who everyone, you know, if we were talking about Forrest Whitley at this time a couple of years ago, you were talking about a pitcher who could best be described as promising, soft-bodied, you know, he was, he was 6'7", 230, 240 pounds. And he really did a good job of really getting after it, melting away some, you know, some bad weight, turning him into a much more, uh, a much more athletic pitcher because, you know, he, he just, he's in better shape. You know, he's now 6'7", I think 195. And what that allowed is, it allowed basically what was already impressive knack for pitching this arsenal of pitches that's fully formed. That's something that usually you do not see. Forrest How Whit- quickly it's come together. Forrest Whitley, most of the time pitchers of his age, you talk about they've got the fastball and then they've got a second pitch. They've got a breaking ball, but you know they haven't really needed a change up, so he's trying to find a grip for it. Or... You know, he really took, he always had a changeup, but we're trying to figure out, is he going to be a curveball guy, slider, a slider guy? guy. He, you see it every now and then, but it's not consistent. Forrest Whitley has five pitches right now, and he doesn't need to, you don't need to take them away. You don't need to say, we've got to get you down to three or four so you can really master these. He has five pitches. He knows how to use all of them. Crazy enough... Throws them all for strikes. Throws them all for strikes. We do not project any of those five pitches as a below average pitch. Now, these are all like future projections. It would not shock me if at some point he ended up shelving one of those just because... Or something stagnates for whatever reason. Because there are very few pitchers you could ever talk about who end up having five average or better pitches. But that's what we're talking about. That's special. And when we talk about the resume, the track record, Forrest Whitley's 2017 season, the only reason we don't talk about it more is if you are looking for the hiccups in it. It's not a hiccup. It's 100 innings. So first year, full, first full season in pro ball, they're going to limit the innings. Other than that, there is nothing, nothing to not love about this season. If you look at the pitchers, all the pitchers in the Texas League, the youngest guy there is the guy who led in strikeout rate. Now, admittedly, it was 15 innings. But if you look at said every pitcher said, okay, he struck out 16 batters per nine in double A, 
with a sub two ERA in his in his four start. Well, four I think outings. even even beyond that, because again, you could there's a significant small sample size there. At Bowie's Creek, it was 14.4. At Quad Cities, it was 13. And he got better and better. As better at each level. It was always a big number. We saw the strikeouts go up. The walks come down. The trends were everything you want to see. I think for me, again, we you know talk about the durability, seeing how he keeps going. But you know, there's this long, long history of big right-handers from Texas. He was a San Antonio guy. He's a Texas guy. This is what this is what Texas breeds. It's in something in the water. And to me, he's kind of the next in line. Now, you know, maybe that's maybe it's more Michael Walko when all said and done, who's you know a very good pitcher. But I think there's an expectation he'll be even better. Oh, he'll be much better, I should say. But Walko is still I, the point is, you know, these big right hairs from Texas, they just they seem to come up again and again and again and again. But he has I, a I chance will, to be the best. I will put it this way: best of the recent vintage, I should say. Again, you can't say he's going to be the best pitcher in baseball or anything like that. That's crazy. Pitchers can get hurt. But if Forrest Whitley stays healthy, let's map it out this way. Let's just play the scenario. What's a, a healthy Forrest Whitley, who let's say even let's say that he can lose a couple of miles an hour. You know what? The fastball backs up a little bit. All that goes together. Let's say we're not talking worst case scenario, because the worst case scenario for our pitchers is injury. But a healthy Forrest Whitley, let's say it doesn't work out perfectly. What does he end up being? He's still a starter for me. He's still a useful starter. Right. Really, if you say, what does he end up being? It's kind of a Garrett Cole 2017 season Garrett Cole. Like, that's a that's kind of a bad scenario. We see these flashes, but it's not consistent enough. Again, I, I know that seems like I'm putting a lot on him, but we know he misses bats. If he lost two miles an hour off his fastball, it would be a 90 to 95 mile an hour fastball, which is still plenty. If he lost a little bit off of his curveball, if he lost a little bit off the slider, they're still above they're average still pitches. Average pitches at worst. He still has the ability to throw them for strikes. You know, the, the thing that just stands out about this is if we played this same game and we did it with Michael Kopeck, the other best pitchers in the game. With Michael Kopeck, you'd say he's too wild to start. Right. So if Walker Bueller doesn't he, hold up. He doesn't hold up because he's had durability issues in the past. But beyond that, and the reality of it is, is that, you know, Walker Bueller, this velo that he has now is better than the velo that he had when he was being drafted. Um, if you said about Alex Reyes, it's again, to take the injury out of it, it's Alex Reyes has struggled to throw strikes consistently during his career. Who, who am I forgetting? Mitch Just, Keller. Mitch, Mitch Keller. Keller. The changeup never develops. And so he's a two-pitch guy, and he's effective as a starter, but he ends up in a pen because he needed that third pitch. And All Brent, these are- Brent Honeywell's you know the lowest risk one, and I think the thing with him would be if I think the main thing you know he's it's. 92s, 93s, up to 96s. If he all ends of up sudden, being a mid to back if, rotation. If, if, he ends, yeah. if, if all of a sudden it's a lot more twos than fours, then you can start And if you to said sit. the same thing as him, you said, okay, he lost two miles an hour. Well, Brent Honeywell with two miles an hour less than he has is a, has less margin of error than Forrest Whitley does. Not by much, but about you know, just a touch. But that's what I'm saying. Like This is, as crazy as it is, a guy who just turned 20 who will pitch the entire upcoming minor league season as a 20-year-old. And the to-do list for him is 
Stay healthy, build innings. Keep doing it. Just keep doing what you've done. Because the weaknesses list for Forrest Whitley is a really small list. Thus, top 10 prospect in all of baseball yep. and, and number one in the system. Again, now, if you want the cautionary tale, we would if we were talking about Julio, Julio Urias at this time last year, same thing. Because, again, with him it was just stay healthy. And show you could hold up, which he never did. Yes. So that's that's where we're going to have to watch you know, closely. You know, Kyle Tucker's a guy we've talked about a lot. The, the guy I actually want to talk about a different left, uh, okay. a different a different left-handed hitter in this system. That's Jordan Alvarez, who you know JJ did this system. You ranked him highly. You did the work. So uh, you know, I defer. I, I think from the outside looking in, speak for myself and for some others. On the one hand, Alvarez is a guy who the trackman numbers are fantastic. The exit mm-hmm. velocities, they really show up really, really well. On the other hand, he's a guy who, outside of low A, did not perform. Sorry, the, the power didn't show up. Okay, it's but, very middling performance but, outside of a 32-game sample size say, of low A. I will point out, when you say outside of low A, so... DSL, which again, he should have dominated, but DSL 341, 474, 500 in 16 games. So then he goes to low A, and for that little over a month, he was the best hitter in the Midwest League. Then he goes to Bowie's Creek, and really, the problem with Bowie's Creek is, is beyond the fact that Bowie's Creek is a difficult place to hit, but the real problem is, is that he wasn't fully healthy over the second half of the season. Um, you know, Nothing that shut him down, but at the same time, he you know he was not at a hundred percent. You're right; like it is projection play. It absolutely is. But he is, I would say, for all his exit velos and all, he's a better hitter than he is power. I think he's a guy who's going to come to his power more and more. He's in the system. Look, he's a big dude, 6'5", he, 220. He, he, he stands out. When he walks the on-deck circle, you know who Jordan but, Alvarez and is. And the question I kept getting from Astros fans was, we did, you know, we do the best tools, and I listed Jordan Alvarez as best athlete. And I let's start with, this is not a system that is overflowing with athleticism. If you want to say Gilberto Celestino is a better athlete, I get it. He's a center fielder. But the thing about Jordan Alvarez is, is that I do think his athleticism – is really underappreciated, he's left-left. If this guy was through right-handed, I think that he would play third base. You know, I think he has that kind of, there's enough athleticism there. The fact that he throws with his left hand means, okay. First base or the outfield. And in the outfield, he's six foot five. He's an average runner. You're not going to put him in center. So he immediately gets kind of penciled in as this stiff big guy because, well, he plays first base in left field. Well, yeah, that's how baseball goes. He throws with his left hand. You've taken away all the other positions. And athleticism is more than just a 60 time. It's your reflexes. It's your instincts. It's your flexibility. It's He's all these probably things. a better outfielder right now than he is a first baseman. But there's a really good field to hit there. And when we talk about his Bowie's Creek, he hit 277. It was just that he didn't show the power there. Like, I, again, I, this will be a very interesting year for him. But, you know, went to the Futures game. I do think that there's a lot there. Um, but at the same time, now if you said the criticism you can make of this system is, is there is a drop-off. Like, you have a clear top two. 
then I would say Jordan Alvarez, who's a clear number three. But this system overall does not have – they've traded the, – Derek Fisher's graduated. Teoscar Hernandez was traded. They've traded Jake Rogers. They've traded Franklin Perez. They've traded Taz Cameron. Abner or Albert Abreu, Jorge Guzman. Albert Abreu, Jorge Guzman. They have – you put all those guys back in the system, and it's one of the best systems in the game. So that, so that was kind of my lead-up question. Yeah. I think we've established, you know, Whitley was, was your clear number one as mm-hmm. much as you like Tucker. Tucker was your clear two. But there is a there is a drop off in the, oh, yeah. in the tier, and I think that's like you know. Oh, and you go then. J.B. Bukowski is four. I, I want to ask: Was there ever for you? Was Bukowski ever number three? Or was it clear Alvarez three, Bukowski four? Clear to me that Alvarez is three. Bukowski, I'm very comfortable is going to be a useful big leaguer. I am not entirely sure, and I don't think anyone is. What role will that be? Especially if you're mapping ahead. Again, obviously things change, but you look at the rotation that the Astros have, and I know that Dallas, you know, the Keuchel's coming up to his contract being up. But you look at the rotation they have, and you look at a team that is going to be, we would expect, playoff contender for this year, for next year at least, if not beyond. There's a very easy to see JB Bukowskis at some point. You turn around and say, "Can he help us in our pen?" He's got the slider. It wouldn't be this year, but you could see for 2019 if he comes up and good things happen. There's no question. His slider is an outpitch. Right. And it's a fair question about whether he's a guy who is physically, are you going to, much like Lance McCullers, who is, uh, like him, a fastball, power-breaking ball guy, Lance McCullers is a great, valuable pitcher for the Astros. I don't think the Astros now ever go into a season saying we're expecting to get 190, 200 innings out of Lance McCullers you are probably better off not. Because what you want is there may be a stretch during the season where Lance has a little siesta, you put him on the DL, let him rest, let him recover. But what you want is 100% or close to it, Lance McCullers, come playoff time. And even in the playoffs, that's not so that he can go out and throw you nine like Verlander can. It's so that he can give you a good five to six and hand it over. J.B. Bukoskis, to me has a chance to be a guy who gives you a good five, or is the guy who comes in after someone gave you a good five. That's kind of what he is. You know, those are the top four guys that are in the top hundred. And after that, you really could go in any direction. Right. So that's where, you know, this next group, you've got a, a group of guys who came out of the Astros Latin America program, Freudis Nova, Jairus Solis, Hector Perez, Jorge Alcala, all of whom A ball or lower. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about four Big projection down the road. Hope it all clicks. Mm-hmm. If three of them fail, you know that's not a shocker in the grand scheme of prospect outcomes. I mean, there's it's a lot of right. Fortis Nova is the top rank of this. Will be making his stateside debut this year. Right. So. so there's a lot. I mean, for you of this group, is there anyone you have more confidence in than another? I mean, you see a guy like like Hector Perez, who we talk about none of have been above A ball. At least he's been high A. He's shown the stuff. Plays at that level. Anyone you, you feel more confident in? Obviously, you rank Nova highest, but just what, what's kind of your breakdown well, of this group? With, the thing with Solis is, is that I do feel really comfortable about the fact that the Astros, especially with their – the Astros do a really good job at their international department, and the Astros do a really good job of developing these pitchers, and then they move them quick. Now – if you want to criticize, you could say, okay, so give me the the big league 
starter success stories because Francis Martez has not reached that level yet. David Paulino, who they traded for, I mean, your big league success stories are Lance McCullers, Dallas Keuchel. Right. These are, but these are U.S. guys. Right. That said, Tyler Solis to me is not much different where he is now than where Franklin Perez was a year ago, and Franklin Perez took another step forward, really advanced pitcher, and turns around, and he's the cornerstone that allows you to get Justin Verlander. So. Whether Franklin Perez turns out as a Detroit Tiger or not, if you're the Astros, Franklin Perez already has provided exceptional value. You're wearing a ring in part because you signed Franklin Perez. And that is very, very fair. And we've seen a lot of teams like going deeper and deeper into systems now to go get these guys. And Jorge Guzman and Albert Abreu are also, these again, these are guys, whether they turn out or not, they got you Brian McCann. And you're we're wearing, smashing successes because You're of wearing it. a ring. So the thing that stands out to me is, is that you could go very different ways where you go five, six, seven, eight on this list. But I look at this Astros team. I'm very comfortable in saying not, they're not all going to turn out. Some of these guys, though, one, two of these guys are going to be prominent, prominent dudes. And they all have these pieces where a year from now we could go, well, that guy really emerged. And so when you compare that to really what you've got behind them in the system is position player-wise, it's guys who do not fit with them. Now, that's... That, which, again, is not a problem because they've done such a good job with how they've brought other they, position they players away. Out. Colin Moran's been traded away. So congratulations, J.D. Davis. The good news is, is that after hitting at AA for two years and then making it to AAA and making it briefly to the majors, <coughs> you will probably spend a good bit of the season in AAA, but we won't have the job sharing that had to go on if Moran was still there. But J.D. Davis, still barring injury, does not fit. The big leagues. Right. He's a, he's a, he's a nice player. He's not better than Alex Bregman. He's not better than Alex Bregman. He's not better than Marwin Gonzalez. Doesn't provide the defensive, you know. So he he does have that ability that, you know, he can also give you 92, 93 out of 10. But uh, you know, look, Pop gave you you know showed up 24 games in the majors, I, four doubles, four home runs. There's some useful. Miles there. Straw. I love Miles Straw. Miles Straw is a fascinating dude. I'm very confident Miles Straw is going to be a big leaguer. They traded Jason Martin. For the, for the record, I'm a little more skeptical because while he does some nice things supplementar- supplementarily, I'm a, he's can, not a regular. Even, even, even the backups in the bigs hit better than 239 in double A. I know, but that was, well, again. It was a small sample I mean, size, say, but he's, he's, I was gonna he's say, hit before that. We are talking about a guy who's a career 308 hitter that's, who is the minor fair. league batting champ. That's fair. I just he, want, had, a, I, I want he to, had a bad two he's, weeks. He's the guy I want to see hit at higher levels before oh, I buy, but, but I, I get you, yes. Speed, I've, had talked, I've talked to multiple scouts, though, who are very confident because he has an arm where he can play all three defensive outfield positions. He's a top-of-the-scale runner. You know, he, he does enough things, backup outfielder. Jason, they had Jason Martin and they had him. They cleared away Jason Martin. They cleared away Teoscar Hernandez. And they still, Miles Straw, again, the path is to being a backup. So that's what we're talking about. And you do need major league depth. You always have to Garrett Stubbs, who I'm, you know, again, I'm a big fan of Garrett Stubbs. But Garrett Stubbs, the path is to being a big league backup. So you have those guys. You have their draft class. 
and then you have the really high upside arms. I went with the high upside arms at the top of it. If, again, if the phone rang and you're trying to make a trade, I do believe that at this moment, Freudus Nova is going to, the ask for Freudus Nova is going to be a bigger ask than any of the closer to the big league guys that they have in their system. And that's where, you know, you, you mentioned and that those but close to the big league guys, there, there is a collection. So obviously, Colin Brands with Trio, but David Paulino, J.D. Davis, both of whom have reached the majors, uh, Rogelio Armenteros and Sionel Perez have both uh, seen time at AA, Armenteros AAA. Of that group, Again, Paulino's the guy ranked highest, but he's also the guy who's coming off the PD suspension, has never Paulino's shown he could start. Paulino's the guy who could be, like, they have injuries and he could end up being their number three starter. You go, wow, look at David Paulino. Or you also could, two years from now, be going, what was the name of that guy who was really tall for the Astros? And Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for, for you... Is there a scenario, you know, how likely? Because I, I feel like there's a lot of interest uh, in, in Rogelio Armenteros. Dude can really pitch. I mean, how, you know, we talk about you're, you're a velocity guy. What's, the, what's the likelihood that Armenteros ends up being a better big leaguer than David Paulino? Oh, I'd say. Is it even money? Is it 60, I would say 40? there's actually probably, the crazy enough is, is, I would probably say there is a 60% chance that he ends up being a better big leaguer. He ranks behind him. Simply because David Paulino, if it all breaks, and again, they're not far apart in the rankings. If it all breaks right, David Paulino is winning you games and playoffs. Like, I mean, like, again, at his best, which there's a higher risk because there's been PED suspensions, there's been injuries, there's a guy who's never been able to throw 150 innings in a season, all that. But it is really, really good stuff. Armenteros is Armenteros is there. The velo's picked up. He's crafty. Do you need him to spot start? Do you need him to work in your pen? He can do a variety of different things. But also, he's just more reliable. So yeah, I, again, they're not far apart in the rankings. Less ceiling, higher ceiling. It, it really again to put it this way. If I'm the Pirates, I'm kind of surprised, and maybe it would not have been part of the deal. One of those two guys would have been a great get in that trade for Kara Cole, depending on which way you want to go. Armenteros, if you say we want Armenteros because we do believe he will start for us at some point in 2018, you know, because we, if we need 10 starts. Paulino, because he's the guy who, yes, you're, if, it, you're, you're hoping that everything lines up. But if it did, you could turn around and say, this guy ended up being, even as crazy enough to say, a front of the rotation starter. Now, a lot of things have to go right for that to happen. But pure stuff-wise, he has that kind of stuff. It's, I, I'm, it is, there is, again, there's not a whole lot of separation there, even though there are two spots. If you look at the grades, the grades are the same. If you value Armenteros more than you value Paulino, I completely and utterly get it. We've talked about a lot of these guys who are in the top half. You mentioned Miles Straw as a sleeper. Is there anyone in the back half that really, really intrigues you? Because there's a guy for me, and that's Riley Farrell, seeing a little bit Boys Creek. To me, 
that's a big league arm. Now, not a closer, but to me, that's, yeah. I mean, it might be kind of a Mike Morin situation where he's up and down, he comes up, and he, he maybe doesn't stick all the time, but that's a big league arm to me. There, there are like, I, I, I'm, this is a fascinating system still to me. I'll try to hit them a couple of them quick. I'll, I'll just kind of fly through. Gilberto Celestino, because of all the guys past 10 on this list, he's the guy who, if it all comes together, it's like everyday regular, you say, I mean, the tools are there, athleticism, all that. Ronnie Dawson, because after not hitting, not hitting, not hitting, I really believe in the Astros' ability to develop hitters. It all it all clicked for him around the same time it clicked for Daz Cameron. Daz Cameron has a lot more tools, center fielder. Ronnie Dawson has to hit, but he showed some signs. A.J. Reed, because I don't I, know I, what to I, do I, with I, I, did, I did want to finish with him. I, yeah, tell Astros fans. It's not going to happen in Houston. I almost am convinced of that. But at some point... Because if, if Yuli Gurriel goes down with a torn ACL, Marvin Gonzalez plays first. I would argue. I mean, if if you, the, 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 there, there's, 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 <laughs> it's if, not. He's not one injury away. He's two to three. Right. If Marlon Gonzalez then had a freak injury right after that, then it would be is it JD Davis or AJ Reed? So, you know, this is not something where you say he has a clear path in any way, shape, or form. That said. A.J. Reed led the minors in homers last year. I, I know that is easy to forget. It's the second time that he's led the minors in homers. A.J. Reed, for his career in the minors, admittedly playing in some good places to hit, 298, 389, 560. At some point, the problem is, is that if you're the Astros, he does not fit with you. But you don't just want to give him away for nothing. Because it's not impossible that A.J. Reed could go somewhere and it's Chris Davis type stuff where you go, how, how did he end up, you know... Justin Smoke. Justin Smoke. Where you say, wow, this guy ends up being a very productive hitter. He's done that for the vast majority of his career. So he's fascinating. You go beyond that. You, you hit on Farrell, so I'll, you know. I will say he's not quite as jacked as uh, as Chris Davis. It's a very different. Uh, he's not body quite type. as jacked as Chris Davis. He's not quite as jacked as. Like I mean, that, that, that's, he's not quite as jacked as Justin. And that's been the concern. You know, talking to some people in the PCL, I talked to some scouts who were skeptical of him in the Cal League, and and it's proven mm-hmm. true. But I talked to some others who liked him in the Cal League, and a lot of those scouts that saw him in Lancaster are also responsible for seeing Fresno in the PCL. And they say they saw a guy who was heavier. Less flexible, less everything, and, and not that, and that was were, ever. And this was not a guy. This is not Gregory. This was not a where you guy. Went, oh, you know, if you added twenty pounds, you know, you never. So, even so that for me is it'd be one thing if, you know, there was an approach issue that could be. But when everything is is getting bigger and slower, and that was already kind of the question with him. To me, it's just a trend. Oh, it's, the, it's, it's a trend in the wrong direction where I'm less optimistic. You know, Chris Davis was always a, a superhuman-looking guy who just swung and missed too much. You know, Justin Smoke never put not never got forty pounds overweight. It's it's that said, AJ Reed has hit better than Justin Smoke ever did in the minors, and that's the thing that right. So it's is, kind of this either or. What, what do you take? It's, and the funny thing <laughs> is, is he's an Astro. Like if there is a team out there, who I would throw the Cardinals in there too. Matt Adams says hi, but if there is a team out there who a bad body is not going to keep you from getting on the field if you can rake. The Astros are one that come to mind, and A.J. Reed's not going to get on the field with the Astros. 
He's going to go back right now. It's like, congratulations, you're going back to Fresno where you've already hit 49 home runs. And barring something entirely unexpected, you're not making it out of there. And that's, and again, that's with the fact that they already traded Colin Moran, who, by the way, when we were talking about the scenarios, they didn't trade Colin Moran. It would have been, well, if Gurriel gets hurt, then Gonzalez goes there. If Gonzalez gets hurt, then Moran goes there. If Moran goes hurt, conceivably, it could be J.D. Davis goes there. This, this is, again, this is a system that, that stockpiles hitters. It's a good thing to do. See what happens. He'll be fascinating. All right, well, a lot of fascinating guys in this system. It really is. Even now, it's still a truly fascinating system. Well, I think uh, that'll about do it. Uh, thank you, uh, everyone, for listening. Thanks. Uh, today's podcast and fa- was sponsored by Baseballism. Visit baseballism.com for the best apparel in baseball. Enter the code BASHIP. That's BASHIP to save 20%. For JJ Cooper, I'm Kyle Glazer. Have a good one, everybody. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.